Society Podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. Sir, and with another installment of the Driven Society Podcast. And we have three special illustrious guests uh, with us. <laughs> For our Latino audiences. Where, yo, El Travi. I like that. You know what I'm saying? You got to expand the, the vocabulary. You know what I'm saying? But uh, from the from the wide and wonderful word of theater, Indeed. right? So our guests today are Scylla Sini, creator of Situationships, um, the executive producer of Wingman. You guys might be familiar. She's been on the podcast before, part two. Welcome back. Thank um, you. Mr. Carl Logan, uh, actor, writer, producer extraordinaire of uh, Situationships and the uh, new series upcoming, Wingman. And um, actress extraordinaire, Kiana Swindell of the Wingman series. Hello, thanks for having us. For sure, you know what I'm saying? Gonna clap it up, you know? There's some good energy in here. Yes. We're so, um, we're so glad to have you guys on. Um, one thing about Driven Society is that we always try to amplify the platforms and the artwork of uh, the creatives in our network. And um, Scylla, like, you know, we already know how your pen game is crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Boss Lady Scylla, um, you've been doing amazing work. And on the last podcast, you uh, intro introduced us to um, um, this new platform that was starting this new content series called The Wingman. Yes. Uh, situationships was more lean towards you know the woman's experience um, experience from sure. your perspective in the show mm-hmm. and um, I think if I'm not mistaken during that podcast we convert either off on the podcast or off the podcast we talked about like this would be dope from like what a men's perspective would be absolutely right? yes especially since you know there's been a rise of like you know uh, like the insecures and whatnot mm-hmm. which has been super amazing dope content for sure always seeing the other side of the coin is just as interesting you know what i mean yeah. and um you know me and my brothers we have these conversations that definitely were on the show <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um from that first episode y'all jump right in there I see, you know what i'm saying um so yeah i would love to like you know um first uh carl if you could talk about um what made you what made you guys come up with this idea both of you guys please chime in what made you guys come up with this concept and what is the um tell us about the show and the uh the initial goals of the show uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so, Wingman, um, it was something that I, um, it's a spinoff of Situationships. Uh, um, my character, I played the character of Theo, and he first appears in, he first appears in um, season two of Situationships. And Wingman is basically kind of uh, focusing on the rest of his escapades outside of the Situationships world, because uh, while they both exist in the same universe, we kind of like, um, they kind of have like, different rules to you know that kind of uh play to the main characters to the least like situationships as we've noted is definitely you know uh while it does have men and women it is you know women centric while focusing on the melody character yeah. wingman has a, a you know variety of characters but definitely is still like focusing on the theo side and what i wanted to do with that is i kind of wanted to just show i just wanted to have a fun show of just dudes just talking at the bar you know, like that's that was the original plan behind it. You know, just like how you mentioned, you know, we got the insecures and everything mm-hmm. too. Um, besides Atlanta, there aren't too many shows that come to mind that I could think of that just shows, you know, just black dudes just chilling. Yeah. You know, just 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 chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily uh, speaking towards, uh, 
you know, a goal or something like that, but just chilling, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really what I wanted to focus on it because I feel like there's a lot of conversation that me and my friends have where it's just like, oh, yeah, we, we can write this. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just because it's just like, you know, not every time we're talking about this or not every time we're talking about that. Uh, you know, we're multifaceted. We could do whatever, talk about whatever. So that's one thing I really wanted to focus on there. So um, when we were, when me and Silla were working on season two of Situationships, um, we were uh, coming up with, uh, like I had the idea for Wingman, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it yet. And when we were trying to figure out um, how to indru- introduce my character into the show, I was like, oh, well, why don't we just, you know, just take the character from this idea I had Wingman and then boom, make it a spinoff. And that and that's how it went. Maybe wow. it was just that simple. Yeah. Oh, man, that's super dope. Yeah, so um, <laughs> on that note, right, we, um, <laughs> Because, you know, we have these conversations, too. Like, men have these conversations and, and, you know, talk about, you know, our experience and our perspectives. But it is that fine line that sometimes you kind of, like, you don't know. I guess, you know, it can be offensive. It could, you know, cross the line. How did you guys find that balance of, like, the type of content that you wanted to talk about? Or is, like, when it comes to your art, you just you let it go and you just, like, you know, um, let's talk about what's real and what's authentic? Uh, yeah, like, for me, it's... Um I think the main idea is to come in there and be aware of what you're trying to talk about because it's like there are a lot of different factors you have to like uh, bring in. One, you have to know your audience. Two, you have to be aware of the climate. Three, um, and you got to just be sure of your intent with it. So like my intent with Wingman was I wanted to show, you know, just black dudes, just a black group of friends just having fun at the bar. I wanted to have a black cheers. But then I realized that, okay, um, what next? Like every episode can't just be them chilling. Or if they're gonna if they're gonna talk about something, let it at least have some type of nuance or some type of like, you know, meaning behind it or whatever. Like you said, like first episode we jumped straight into it, but you know, that conversation wasn't just for kicks or for fun and giggles and stuff like it. It plays into like the main storyline of the season and uh basically like everything that has you know, I wanted to um know like hey, I'm not afraid to say these things. Like, you know, I have jokes in there. I have conversations, languages where it's like, uh, you might be pushing it. But right. I think as long as I'm aware that, that, uh, that that's the case, then, you know, you have a better handle on how to, like, navigate the spaces a little bit better. You know, like, all right, I know this may push a button, so I got to go to this level stop like right there mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? That and it, Wingman is definitely a dark comedy too. So you can... Talk about a lot of things when you're playing the comedic aspect as well, and this is definitely more of like a hitch meets cheers. So I, I think it's like a really fun, like refreshed version of like what guys are up to. But it also has some wonderful <laughs> lady characters in there as I love well. Your character. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Fatima. For sure, Fatima, the wonderful bartender yes. who supports. Theo uh, and gives him advice because he's actually a mess <laughs> in the show. So I think it's definitely a really good reflection of where we're at today, for sure. Let's talk about that. Talk about uh, well, definitely go into the characters of the show, but talk about the um, like the woman man dynamic, you know, I mean, between Theo and Fatima, and why that supports the overall storyline of the show. Yeah, man. Like I think, um, like I'm gonna be honest with you. Like when I was coming up with the idea, it definitely was just gonna be kind of like a a dude bro heavy type show, or like you know, definitely like leaning more into the hitch side of it, where it would have just been me and like you know, like one of my homeboys just at the bar drinking and probably getting that girls and just saying this and that. But 
as I started developing the idea and realizing like I could do a lot more with it, I would, you know, because originally there wasn't a bartender in it, but I figured that, hey, if I'm going to make this location a main, a reoccurring spot, then, okay, there needs to be a regular face. There needs to be a regular there. So then that's, you know, when I came up with the idea of the bartender Fatima, that's when I came with her character. And then, you know, um, I decided, I was like, hey, you know what? Like, we, we're showing the dynamics of two single people, but what's it look like for a married person that, you know, wants to hang out with his boys and stuff too? So then that's mm. when I came up with the idea of bringing a married couple into it. So, um, and they, the, the, the women characters, between you know, uh, Fatima the bartender and Lauren the wife, they both had like just important roles because it's like um, Theo's being the guy that says these things and he's always giving everybody advice, but he goes, he leans into her for advice. So she's always there, you know, all right, bring it back, guys, bring it back. You guys are doing too much. You, you know what I mean? And I think that's a good balance to have too sometimes, you know, because um, accountability is one thing and you want the, you know, it's. It's one thing to just have one voice all the time, but you, you want another voice as well because it would have just been guy voices the whole time. And to be honest, that could get a little that could go a little left sometimes. <laughs> you know, it could go left depending on it. So it's like you want to have a good balance. Is so. the is the bartender in any way um, kind of like um, symbolic of anything? Because you know, just to your point, it's kind of like a that's the person that moderates and checks up on you at the bar. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that you're men. You need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's really realistic also. Like, what group, if you just think about your own life and just being black and your friends and all of that growing up, almost every group of black people or black guys has at least one girl that's, like, platonic that's cool with, like, multiple people in the crew. Whether that was someone y'all ended up going, some couple people went to grade school with or Mm -hmm. high school. Like, you know, you have a childhood friends. Like, you've always been that homegirl. Like, you know, that's just always there. You You just don't realize how much you bounce off of that person and vice versa. Like us girls all need a, some type of platonic male friend. That's going, mm-hmm. it's a lot like a brother. I mean, people throw that term around real <laughs> crazy these days. That's my brother. But, you know, right, exactly. Brother. brother. Oh, but you did what with your brother? Okay. But you, you know. Jackson? You, exactly. How many brothers do you have? But I just think it's like, you need that, like, uh, uh, what is it? It's like someone is not judging you. There's no expectation of you. It's just like, I know you, you know me, you know, I'm a good person, you know, so all advice, everything comes from a place of love or Mm -hmm. even the banter or just like the Mm -hmm. mess, like kind of like it's sibling like in a way, but I think it's just a reflection of reality. We all need and have, I would hope some type of platonic friend of the Mm -hmm. opposite sex. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Cause like I had like, like, like to go to your question, like it was she, was Fatima like symbolic of anything too? It, like the relationship where, um, you know, like I hear a lot of people say like, oh, you know, men and women can't be like, you know, just platonic friends with. But it's like, yo, I got like a lot of female friends. I'm yeah, just like too. friends with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, these are the conversations. These are the interactions right. we have. You know, it's judgment free zones when we talk to each other all the time. You yeah. know, um, I don't judge them for whatever they say. They won't judge me. So it's like, I wanted that. That's why I kind of want to just have all types of writing in here where nobody gets judged or whatever. Like, even in the first episode, okay, there's, you know, the bartender Fatima throws out there, hey, I've done this, you know, like, yeah. I messed around with dudes at the same time and stuff, man, you know. She's like, yeah, so, just owns yeah. up to it and everything. Yeah. And, 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 it's a whole different perspective on it. For sure. And then you can you can accept it, you can embrace it. It's like if you have a homegirl that tells you that, of course, you're not going to judge, that's your friend. You know? Yeah. You understand it. And now also, you know, what's interesting about it too is like, this space and time with millennials or whatnot, like, um, 
obviously we all feel a new level of liberation. Yeah. We all feel mm-hmm. comfortable in our own skin. You know what I mean? Things that were taboo back in the day are not as taboo when exactly. I like that. You guys explored that, especially even in a marriage couple. I don't want to give away too much on the show, <laughs> but the married couple looking for different things to like spice up and yeah, spice up their relationship and whatnot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, They're looking to do threesomes yeah. or whatnot to spice up their relationship. But um, yeah, it just shows that aspect. And I, I like that it also shows it from like, you know, men's a perspective. Um, question for you guys. How much, you know, I do believe it's a certain sweet science. And there's a question for all three of you. Is a certain sweet science in um, making relationships work. Um, how much have you guys learned from just either the content of the show or, or your own personal lives of what it really takes to make a, a relationship or a partnership work? Well, I've learned, I, it's funny you brought up the married couple. I have had some takeaways from just <clears throat> observing that couple. And it, it's, okay, so we're in an age where, you know, late 20s, early 20s, whatever, You at, the, at some point you may want to settle down and get married and all of those things fun sure. things but then when i look at what some the conversations that some young millennial married married couples have to have today it makes it gives me pause and it makes me think i like <laughs> i don't want to be them too <laughs> i don't but a lot of people are that's reality like and and it gives you an opportunity to see what does a young what might a young marriage look like these days so i've taken a lot away from uh, that because just be, you don't stop being a young person just because mm-hmm. you got married, mm-hmm. but conversations change. They're, your responsibilities are different from a single person. Yeah. You're dealing with different things. You have to, what, two years in? We need to spice something up. <laughs> oh my God, I would like be Shit. jumping out of my skin. Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so it just really makes you, it, it, as a single woman, it made me think too, like, another reminder grass ain't always greener. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A ring don't always mean everything. Okay, it doesn't. Let me get in my bag. You know, the, the great scholar Young Hove said, "Wooden rings don't make it rosy, man." Hello. <laughs> I feel like you know a huge aspect of making relationships work is communication, and I also feel like for millennials, a lot of people are marrying later yeah. too, or don't feel the same pressures that. Our parents may have had to get married. People are focused on their career. People mm-hmm. are focused on whatever it is that they're doing. But and also we're we're like not as like rich as our parents were, so we can't really afford to do certain things as well. <laughs> or yeah, or maybe they just I don't know yeah. how they got by, or maybe some of those parents just got married early and they still were a mess i don't know <laughs> or and and to your point a lot of us these days we're not afraid to like walk away from yes. things that don't work for us mm-hmm. a lot of these relationships like that our parents or generation generations before them mm-hmm. wow we don't know what percentage of them are necessarily happy situations exactly yeah, right, right. But, i remember like yeah. there was um i remember on facebook one time or not even just on facebook but in general <clears throat> i see this question asked a lot sometimes or whatever they're always like you know, this generation don't stay married long or this generation, blah, blah, blah. But that's a testament to what you're just saying. It's like, nah, we kind of actually know our worth. Like, this, this generation just knows their worth more. Right. Like, they're not going to stay in something that's not servicing them for a while. Yeah. We'll st- <clears throat> Unlike our parents before us, because, you know, things were different. It's like, nah, we're going to be together. Like, it was a lot of fences type marriages back in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. Well, Struggle. A, <laughs> you know, a whole so lot of like, them. Right? A lot of us were like, you know, 
Nah, that don't look lit. Nah, yeah. nah. I, yeah. Yeah. I always say, I, I mean, a lot of times, especially if you have, um, I don't know if you guys have any, like, immigrant backgrounds. Or oh, yeah, my family. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I think our parents legit was trying to just survive. Like, their mm-hmm. dreams was literally house, home, and, like, the kids can go off to school. Like, and that's mm-hmm. where they, they didn't even have the, the capacity, I felt like, to even think, like, yo, am I happy? Am I being stimulated in this mm-hmm. relationship? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But now, like for us, it's a little bit different. I just I saw a meme the other day where it was just like, somebody was like, I love millennials. Millennials will call out of work just to go, go on vacation. Millennials will, mm-hmm. they were talking about millennial women will, will call out of work to get their hair braided. Yep. Yeah, call, yeah. Out, yes. call out sick. <laughs> call out sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll go yep. to trips. Come we'll back and work with brand new hair. Yep, it's a rough day. You know what I mean? I, I remember when I had a, a job, job, I was on my like, <laughs> my... <laughs> that, that one was bad. <laughs> PTSD was kicking in. Right. That, was, that, was, that was bad. I didn't, I didn't, man, Question I though, like, have you like? Uh, I hope I'm not like prying or nothing like that. But you know, uh, having immigrant parents or whatever. Have y'all seen y'all folks be like lovey dovey intimate? Because I don't think I've ever even seen my parents like kiss on their lips growing up. Like maybe that's they're like right. uh, maybe getting their like uh, vows renewed. That might have been it. But other than that, I don't think no, I. I keep it a buck with you, man. So. Um, my mom stayed single for the majority. Uh, she got married when I was like 22, and that was the first time when I saw her get married. I was like, "Oh shit, mommy's a girl." Yeah. <laughs> like, God, like seriously, like I literally, I literally had that thought in my head because I never seen her in that like space. Like you know, even when she was dating, it was just like you know she leave and then she come back. It's like, yeah, it's like you never saw it. You know? It was like you never you never seen it. So yeah, for whatever that's worth to you. No, I was just saying because I just thought about it too. I was wondering. I thought about just like all my, you know, like my cousins or just anybody that has immigrant parents and stuff. I was like, have y'all seen our parents be affectionate towards each other? Yeah, only mm. those days. I think their way of affection is like, yo, I provide. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. What it is. We're still yeah. together. Like, like, that's exactly yeah. why those marriages back in the day was to, they they stuck together forever because it's like yeah. you gonna leave me after I done did all this for you. Mm-hmm. See, and mm-hmm. so so that's the thing too. So even even to now that the dynamic is shifting, right? Because we're more so um, we're 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 granted a level of comfort that we can now look internally for like internal happiness mm-hmm. instead of like external like survival and stuff like that like what does that look like going ahead and how is how is your writing how is your art kind of um helping to shape that narrative because art imitates life but a lot of times it's vice versa yeah. you know what i mean so mm-hmm. how 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 is your your art um you know reshaping that narrative for relationships and and um contentment Mm. Uh, you want to go first (laughs) sure I feel like it's definitely opening people's eyes I guess at least older than us who don't fit into the demographic to kind of get a look into what it is that we're up to now Mm. and I feel like I feel like sometimes they can relate to it and sometimes they're like oh well I I didn't have that or I didn't deal with that because like I'm with one person kind of thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I feel like it definitely shows like the progression of how relationships have changed. And it surprises some people. Mm. And to others, it's like, yeah, that's real Mm. kind of thing. It's interesting, though, because although relationships change, I would argue that people haven't. Mm. Right. So is is it so do you look at maybe um, you know, previous generations and especially from like, cause men and women have different ideas of what relationships and friendships are. Right. So 
you know, knowing as 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 you've now blossomed into a, a, a complete woman, right? How do you view you know womanhood prior, like in your in your senior? Hmm. I feel like yeah. I feel like um. How do I view older generations? Yeah. Like as far as like womanhood is, I feel like. Some of them sacrifice a lot for their children and didn't always like pursue whatever it is that they may have dreamed of, but they also instilled in us that we could do anything that right. we wanted to do. Yeah. But then when we do what we want to do, they'd be like, What you doing? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like That's funny. That's the words um like cautionary the word cautionary pops up when I think about mm-hmm. womanhood before me because all the women that come before me, their strength is just unmatched. The, yeah. The generations before us, their their ability to commit, mm-hmm. their ability exactly. They have mm-hmm. a, it's a different level. So yes, I think millennials we have traded the yeah we'll we'll put certain things that are deemed a responsibility down for us to live our life and enjoy our life. That's a plus mm-hmm. for us. But I also think a plus for the older generation was how their strength and discipline right. and all of that good stuff. And mm-hmm. to the point of womanhood, I believe all of that is at the core of the generations of women before us. But I also learned, thankful for their strength, and we mm-hmm. wouldn't be where we are yeah. without it, but mm-hmm. I learned what not to do also. Mm-hmm. It's like I, you see your mom or the or your aunts or whoever mm-hmm. giving their all for their kid or, or their family, mm-hmm. and they have nothing. They're coming like they're coming home with no more to give or mm-hmm. they're tired. They haven't had a break. Right. Or, or so many women are working so hard and haven't been in a relationship or even been with a man in like 10 years. And that is a real thing for women that are mm-hmm. like auntie age and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So I learned like it just, I think about, be ca- I say to myself, be cautious to not do, I don't want to do some of those things. Yeah, like I love, I, I admire your strength. I can't mm-hmm. say anything bad about how you raised us mm-hmm. and where you brought us, but right. it's kind of like, I want to make sure I give myself some. So yeah. is that yeah. what not to do or what we not going to do? It's what we not, it's what we not going to do. It's what we not going to do. You're not going to run me. So many, and so many times you see like our moms and you, you ever see them just come home just mad? Yo. Is yeah. this a spoon in the sink? I mean, just yeah. I remember as a kid, like my mom might come home frustrated about something, and I'm sitting there, like happy to see her because I was answering my mom all day. And she come in, and I'm like, Dad, what did I do to make her so upset? But it wasn't me. It's yeah. like it's all the, it's the world and everything yeah. else. And it's like you're you are like you said, people haven't changed, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. our access to things, um, what we can do, what we know exists, has changed. Mm-hmm. And I just know I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. It's crazy. Vacations are going to be a part of my life. They're going to be a part of my budget when I have kids. They're going to be a part. That's something that's not going to go away. We're going to put ourselves first moving forward. I found Mm -hmm. myself thinking about how many ass whoopings I got because my mom wasn't smashing. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody can hit (laughs) Is that too real? (laughs) Not go too far? (laughs) (laughs) It's a real thing. Like some of our some women are really missing affection and, mm-hmm. and just the human touch and all of that. It's yes. real. They put so much of them their own personal yes. time. Yes, and I I feel like some some women, based off of their relationships, some of them had to take on a more masculine yes. role. Yes, mm. in life time, that can you know really yeah. really affect you. Change. It can affect how you might raise your girls yep. too mm. and um i feel like it just says a lot it depends on what that 
um, woman or family member went through. But I feel like a lot of them had to take on a lot of masculine roles. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just, uh, it's like a domino effect and yeah. it like affects it, the generations to come. To come. Uh-huh. When really, we supposed to be real feminine. Get exactly. Care, you know what That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And honestly, I can say that we uh, do inspire are the generations before us too by just being ourselves like mm-hmm. I have my aunt mm-hmm. she reached she told me one time like replied to one of my stories and I was like somewhere and I'm thinking oh god is she gonna say something I'm drinking <laughs> too much or doing something but she was just like live your life niece she was just like I'm so proud of you I'm happy to see she was like this is what you should be like doing they yeah do. they do yeah. they do and some might tell you like uh, but what are you doing like right. yo but you gotta you know they'll say that but deep down there are those yeah. Yeah. they be hating they're hating they're they mad they yeah. but then some yeah. of us are like man I wish that's what I was worried about mm. doing in my 20s as opposed to the yeah. start in the family that their parents, you know, yeah. pushed down on them. And Carl, I want to ask as, as far as like even brotherhood, like I feel like that has a um, um, transition throughout time too. Like you start seeing like, you know, uh, media figures like Charlemagne talking about mental health and black men's community or whatnot. Um, I think even me and Franz, like Franz was my brother for like the last 10, 12 years, like um, um, I think we finally over the last couple of years finally realized how to like yo be real with each other and like talk about real stuff that men go through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, how do you feel about you know brotherhood and and, and um and, and manhood and when it comes down to also how do you put that in your art mm-hmm. into the wingman? Yeah, that's very um that's a good question too because that those are one of the things that. I wanted to show with uh, Wingman, and those are one of the things I realized that I had to be responsible for because um, if I'm gonna go ahead and say, hey, I wanna make a show that just shows, you know, just dudes just chilling or whatever, I had to be careful on like, what does that look like, you know? Because uh, funny, like I remember I was on um, uh, these older cats that I know, they watched it and they, 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 they loved it and stuff too, but when they hit me, you know, when they, they talked about it, they were like, yeah, I remember uh, watching it. You you were saying, uh, you remember like Kevin M. Uh, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we were watching it. And I'm thinking, oh, wait, man. You know, I'm thinking, y'all about to be going around like knocking down girls and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But it's like there are other attributes and other aspects to what masculinity or what mm-hmm. dudes look like, you know, just having fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not... It doesn't wholly have to be centered around women at the same time, even though that's still the main idea. Sure. You know, I think there isn't enough of, you know, black male vulnerability, vulnerability um, showcased in certain things. And again, that could look like so many different things for everybody, including masculinity. Masculinity looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think we're just now understanding that. Um, for me, brotherhood has always been like, like how you say y'all two recently just, you know, are been able to like open up to each other like that. Like me, me and my best friends, like we probably, we've known each other for like over 10 years now. And it's honestly never been an issue for us. Like we've always been open and like, just cause like we, we, we go, we gone through a lot and stuff like, Hey, parents put you out, come crash in my joint or your girl hurt you, blah, blah, blah. Talk. And it's like, we've always had that space to just be real with each other mm-hmm. and hold each other accountable. Um, if they acting stupid, Hey bro, you acting stupid, chill out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there are times where me and my friends, you know, like I'm, I'm not acting like, like some bigger person than them or whatever, but it was like, yeah, man, I knew if I told you that you was going to be disappointed. Like, like that, that's, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you're, like y'all remember when, uh, Drake was on the shop. With LeBron, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody was kind of clowning him or whatever about yeah. the whole, uh, yeah, 
I knew, you know, I didn't want to tell you he's gonna be disappointed, blah blah blah. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people were kind of questioning that, like, like what you mean? That, that's a grown man. What you afraid? I'm like, dog, that disappointment stuff is real. So like, you don't want to just you, you you could deal with somebody being mad at you, mm-hmm. but disappointment is a little bit different. Yeah. And if you really respect somebody, um, it 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 it, it, it hits differently. So it's like I really wanted to. Um, take all those type of different aspects and put them into wingmen. Right. So while the first episode starts off pretty raunchy, the dudes at the bar drinking, oh, threesomes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Next episode, you got my character really showing this guy, okay, look, you, you can't you can't be a dick to women no more. Like, yeah. you, you got to like, bring it in. You can't call women hoes. You can't say these type of things, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's it's, it's, it's just like different levels to it that I really wanted to show. I really wanted to show just, just dudes just like really leaning in, supporting for each other. Yeah, I realized that with you. I remember watching this Kevin Kevin Durant documentary and like his friends were talking about him and like bigging him up like yo he was always this is that and it, and Kevin Durant said I was like wow that's dope that's really touching to me like I never actually knew they felt like that and I'm like that's crazy I never heard that from him. I'm like yo you Kevin Durant you never told your <laughs> man that you, that's crazy he was the best you know what I'm saying but that's dope um, before I switch gears or whatnot um. Funny Julius is one of the funniest. My man, yeah. you, you know, for that episode that he that he first appears in episode two, like he 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 improv like a lot of those. Well, uh, like, 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 oh, yeah. first of all, him just if you ever run into first of all, he's just funny. Oh, yeah. You know, I like that energy. We was cracking up on set that day, you know, because <laughs> like difficult. it was hard. Yeah, like I gave, him, to, like, I gave him the lines, but it's like have fun with it. Like, don't be married to the lines. I want you to go ahead and just start freestyling, pick up, you know, with your pickup lines. So all those pickup right. lines he was throwing out was just. Was all him at that point. Mm-hmm. Dope, dope. Shout out to Julius. Right. Shout out to one thing I want to throw in, I'm so sure. excited to see all these black men talking about feelings and like <laughs> therapy. Please, y'all continue that because that's honestly that's that's the black man's task. As black women, we would we've been talking about self care and that's a fact. our feelings and all of that stuff forever. That's we you know right we've right. been that's sitting down having like. I mean, forever. We've always created community for ourselves. So Absolutely. I'm excited to see Absolutely. this movement for black men that only y'all can do. Yeah, so it's dope. It's a shift. keep it's talking facts. about y'all feelings, please. <laughs> yes. Don't overshare. Still keep it G, man. Yeah, you still gotta keep it G. You know so push up. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the creatives out there, um, because you guys have been able to manifest your dreams and be able to, all three of you have been able to, you know, you guys have creative goals and you're, you're grinding in New York City. And um, I've seen the show is on I1 and whatnot, and these steps are not, you know, they're not easy, you know. Um, you guys, all three of you guys, can talk about, um, as far as a creative, a writer, being an actress, actor, um, talk about how you were able to. Um, get into the space of manifesting mm-hmm. it from being just being a thought in your head to the actual realization of mm-hmm. it, um, and any challenge that you have made, you have encountered. And I know this is a <laughs> mad long extended question, but also, <laughs> um, like what advice can you give creatives out there? Somebody writing in a notebook right now, like I'm gonna kill them with some content next year. Like, what advice can you, uh, you know, uh, give people after you share your 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 story? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, um, like how I guess I found myself into this space with it all is uh, like I'm, I'm originally from Maryland and uh, when I first moved here I was hanging around a lot of film students. I never went to film school but a lot of them thought that I went to film school because I could like keep up with their conversations or say this and that. That just came from me watching a lot of YouTube and watching a lot of movies and this and that. 
So once I, it was at that point that I realized, say, I know people with cameras now, or at least I can make those relationships with, with people, and I'm a good writer, and I know I can act. So let me go ahead and do my own thing, you know. So I started, like, figuring out how to go ahead and film my own stuff and uh, stuff that I write and stuff that I produce. Um, but the first thing that would actually that I actually worked on that was like self-made would have been situationships. Um, Cause like around that time that, and that's when, uh, you know, I, I met Sylla and she had her idea for it. Um, so we just, we started working on that and I learned a lot from doing that as well. So um, my main advice there is like, I, I didn't, um, I, I say I'm self-taught a lot, but uh, I also had to learn lessons while being self-taught. I feel like you can't just teach yourself without actually learning from mistakes and everything. Um, if you're going to get into this, I don't think content is enough. I think intent is just as mm -hmm. important. Okay, Not content, but intent. Because anybody can make content, mm -hmm. but what is it for? What's the if, point? If, yeah, if it's not. And that and that helped me with a lot of my writing. Like I said, Wingman would have just been a throwaway idea if I didn't develop an intent behind it. You know? I love that. Does he know something? I can so, say, yeah. um, for me, as far as like... If I someone trying to become an actress, like my journey, I've been in New York now for two years. My main two th takeaways I can say are, sounds a little cliche, but fear is a lie. Mm. And two, listen to that voice inside of you. We all, there is one thing that we all do that you're like, I know I can do this. Anytime you see someone else doing it, you say in your head, almost probably instinctively, you may not even realize you're saying it to yourself. You're like, I know I can do this. I know I got this. Listen to that voice. You you have that download for a reason. So find confidence in that, um, and that's gonna be your fuel and your steam to start your journey to steam to move ahead. I tried to quiet that voice down for so long. I've known since I was a little kid that I wanted to act. I knew when I went off to college I wanted to study acting, but I was too afraid to tell my parents that that's what I wanted to go and major in, and I didn't want to hear them say no and shut it down so I picked something else <laughs> and it wasn't until after I got my degree after I was out of school I started taking classes like my a couple acting classes my last semester did some classes in high school too but then I was just like no this is bubbling it's still there like you you're doing yourself a disservice by not listening to that voice the first time because you're just gonna waste time mm -hmm. granted everything happens when it aligns mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to but I heard that voice a long time ago. Where could it, would I have been if I listened then? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So don't let fear stop you from listening to that voice that's inside. You have that download for a reason. Um, and then take your leap. I took a leap of faith. I finally got to the point where it felt like, uh, after some little dramatic, but it literally <laughs> felt like I was about to die if I didn't wow. go act. I'm from Maryland too. And I interned in college up here um, one summer. And I just was like, I need to move to New York. Something just... It just got really, it just got to that point. I kept putting it off for so long that it was just like, well, I'm going to quit my jobs. I don't have a job in New York. Yeah. I found a sublet. One of my friends, roommate was going to be gone for a month. And I was like, I'm going to just take this leap, take the leap. And then everything just lined up in a line from there. So I'm still learning. It's still along the journey, but I got here because I finally listened to that voice inside and I did not let fear keep me stuck. So. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Dope. I feel like for me, um, I've always wanted to be an actress and a director since I was like in kindergarten. Um, and my family, we always would watch movies all the time, listen to music. I was always exposed to the arts. Um, 
But I would always put everything else in front of it because I wanted to appear a certain way or follow directions, follow what my family wanted me to do. And I had so many opportunities to actively do it. Um, but I also didn't have the access. Um, I wasn't in a family that was in entertainment. And then, you know, so I had to kind of figure it out on my own. So, like, when I was in college, um, I have, I had some cousins, still have them, who were, were basically... <laughs> who, we're still related. Yes. <laughs> Who were like, Scylla, like, we are in Atlanta where they were very connected. Um, I had a cousin, she was actively, you know, doing extra work, doing featured extra work in like Tyler Perry movies. And they're like, Scylla, you have to do this. You're, you're young. So when, so yeah, like one of the first times me being on set, I remember I was doing Vampire Diaries and, um, there was one day they picked me out of a crowd and they were like, hey, you, I want you to be a stand-in for Bonnie, the, the lead black girl at the time. So, the, <laughs> the, yeah, the <laughs> only one. Um, <laughs> so they called me out of a crowd, but I moved too slow. And then the original stand-in who was late, she did it. So I'd go back to school and they kept calling me. They kept calling me. They were like, come back on set. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to go to class. And they stopped calling. Obviously, it's entertainment. So I kept getting like those moments, like those big windows of opportunity, but I would keep not doing it. And so like the biggest thing I learned, um, I worked at a production company in Atlanta, and I was learning from the actors on set, I was like, okay, do you have any advice? And a lot of them were from New York or LA. They booked the job and got flown down to Atlanta for the for the work. So from there, I was like, okay, I'm going to New York. Now, went to New York, um, was super inspired by the Issa's of the world, the black and sexies of the world. They were making their own content. And I just got like a burst of inspiration. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got this idea. I wanna make this show, let's do it. We were casting for situationships and I was gonna cast someone else as my character because of fear of what I like, you know, I was kind of like blocking myself. I was gonna give it to a white girl. Like I was, yeah. I was like, gonna, I was, I was like, I know. And then, and then I was like, you know what? If I don't pick myself, then who will? If I don't Ooh, choose me, yes. who, if I don't even so want to yes, choose it. me, then how oh, am I gonna expect mm -hmm. other people to pick me? So we were in the meeting, and everyone was like, yeah, we'll think of this. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm playing the role. And they're like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Part is mine. I made the whole idea. It's, it's what it's gonna be and I'm so glad that I did that you know what I mean sometimes you have you have to pick yourself and um, you know even as I was actively you know pursuing the acting in New York I would let other considerations get in my way whether it was a job like even last year I got I was about to get cast in a movie I turned it down because 